as boys' lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am so grateful that you can join me today. My name is Derek Charles Johnson, and I am the host of this podcast. And we're currently in a series entitled Encounters and talking about how when people come face to face with Jesus in the Bible, they always went away from that encounter changed by by just meeting him, by interacting with him, uh, perhaps being touched or healed or restored in some way uh, by him. This week is a little different once again. We've already talked about the woman with the issue of blood. We've talked about Nicodemus talking with Jesus in John 3. Uh, This week, we're going into a meeting where often we see Jesus just coming face-to-face with someone troubled of the soul. There's some sort of thing going on, and oftentimes there's some sort of spiritual component going on. In this case, it's a spiritual possession of the devil. Most of the time, we don't know how the individual came to be in the state they're in. Perhaps they dabbled in witchcraft or the occult. Perhaps they opened themselves up to some sort of possession by engaging in a sinful practice. We don't know. All we do know is that in each case, they're in desperate need of a cure. So today we look at an encounter Jesus had with a demon-possessed man, and he's known simply as the Gadarene demoniac. Well, that's a quite a phrase to roll off the tongue. Uh, But this man was well known in the area that he lived in, a a country of the Gerasenes. For some reason, this story has always appeared to me one of the most uh, darkest encounters that that Jesus had out out of any stories that are in the gospel. And from reading it in scripture to seeing various adaptations in film, Uh, This exchange between this man and Jesus and the demons that are in this man, it's it's shocking. It's it's kind of revolting in a way. And there are a few parallel accounts of Jesus encountering this demoniac. I would like to read today from the account in Mark's Gospel, which is Mark 5, and it's verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. 
For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. So imagine this encounter, if you will, for Jesus and the disciples. They're they're just coming into this area. They're getting out of a boat. They're arriving at their destination. They're getting out, and they come upon this scene. And far off, they see this man. They see this whole scenario of him in the tombs and and yelling and screaming and cutting himself and, and just a crazy lunatic madman. What would your reaction be? I know I would probably just run off in fear. I'd get back in the boat and say, let's get out of here. This is, I don't want to deal with this. So what's remarkable about this man? Here are a few things that I consider as I read. First, he has not just one demon, but many. It's called Legion. That's the name that's given when Jesus asks. And Legion means thousands. So this guy is possessed not just by one demon, but several And secondly, his demons do things that physically manifest in this man. He obviously has some kind of superhuman strength because he can break chains. There's no human that can subdue him. And the demons cause him to cut himself. They torment him. He's literally just falling apart from the inside out because of what this possession is doing to him. Thirdly, he lives in tombs. He lives in a a graveyard, a cemetery. No one else wants him. No one else can help him. And I truly believe they don't want to either. They just kind of want to put this guy out to pasture and say, please, just leave us alone. Finally, his demons beg for mercy from Jesus. They they say, send us into the pigs. For me, this is interesting. And although I've not witnessed an exorcism, it appears demons want to find a home somewhere, even if it's in an animal. So they beg for Jesus to send them into these pigs. Uh, This is somewhere where there's a cliff or a ravine, and the whole herd of these pigs just goes over the side and and into the sea, into the water, and, and they drown. So just looking at this encounter, it's a peculiar type of meeting because there's there's just lots of moving parts with it. Not only does it involve this demoniac, this demon-possessed man, it also involves the townspeople who knew this man. 
and specifically the herdsmen who witnessed this event, who owned this, this flock of, this herd of, of pigs. It also involves the disciples because they're with Jesus and they're getting out of the boat and they're um, watching this whole thing unfold and, and any of the other onlookers who are there. Uh, we know that the the herdsmen moved into the town rather quickly to to tell everybody what had happened. So there's there's a crowd that that eventually shows up here, and this had to have been an extraordinary event and something that shook this town and its people for many years to come. So with some of the context here established, I'd like to dig into a few key points that I believe we can draw out from this encounter. First, the Status quo of the town was interrupted when this man was freed. Verse 15, it says, They came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. The people did not come expecting to see what they saw. Obviously, they knew who this man was and his identity as a troubled, tormented soul. But they did not know who Jesus was. For many, this was an encounter of its own. The people of the town encounter Christ through this miracle. And when they see what change had taken place in this man, they see what happened to the herd of pigs, all of this made them afraid, and understandably so. But I wouldn't say their fear brought them into a place of awe and worship of Jesus. Rather, this fear said, this is too much. This makes us all uncomfortable, and we don't like this. And it's evidenced by the response in verse 17. They begged Jesus to depart from their region. Just go away, Jesus. Please leave us. It was almost like the normal, quote-unquote normal, that they had had with this man was now interrupted. The normal for them was that this man was in the tombs. He was away from them. He was just somebody, an outcast. And and now that, that Jesus had taken away these demons and sent them into the pigs, it now affected their way of life. And it was bothersome for them. And this was their response. Rather than to be happy that this man was restored, they're, they're concerned that this affects them now somehow. Secondly, a point that we see from this is evil is real, but Jesus holds the power over it. I would have a hard time encountering this man if it, if it was just me and him. If I had just come up upon him and, and saw this, I would say, wow, this is a, a real manifestation of something very evil and raw, and I don't know how to deal with this. And we see and hear various stories in documentaries, places like mental institutions and the sickest of the sick in these places. And although mental illness is real, and I would not discredit um, any of that at all, I believe there is something to be said about the reality of evil and the fact that demonic possession happens. It still does today in our time. And, and some people who perhaps suffer from extreme forms of mental illness may, in fact, have some spiritual component that is there. And I think we have to, we have to realize that. I think we have to... Um, pull that component in sometimes into some of these conversations. All that to say, Jesus was not afraid of the reality of this situation. The demons afflicting this man did not keep him from caring about the man himself. And Christ's power is evidence that before Jesus says a word, the man's demons acknowledge who he is, the son 
of the Most High God. Jesus holds the power over every evil. And that is reassuring for the evil that we face in our world. It still must bow a knee to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thirdly, I believe we can tell from this story that Jesus has a calling for you. He certainly did for this man. Making this practical, this is a point of application here for for any of us. At the end of this story, the man desperately wants to go with Jesus. He wants to be a follower. He wants to be like one of his disciples. But Jesus tells him not to come. Why? I think it's because his story is going to be used to change the lives of others. Jesus commissions him at the end of this. He says, go tell your friends. Tell them what God did and the mercy he displayed. It says that he went back and proclaimed to the Decapolis. And this was believed to be a surrounding area made up of 10 cities, Deca meaning 10. It's very likely the word of this man got around and many within those towns would have known who he was. And now they see him healed and in his right frame of mind. They would have to have wondered how this happened and who was responsible. It seems that part of Jesus' mission in encountering this man is that he becomes an unlikely evangelist for the gospel. And no doubt this solidifies that if God had a special calling in mind for him, he has one in mind for you as well. So I've mentioned it already, but an overall theme of this Encounters series is that the encounters we have with Jesus truly leave us changed. For this man, the state he was in before and the state he was in after could not be further apart. He is night and day different, and it is obvious. The mark Jesus has left on him can never be replaced. It was the equivalent of being born blind and now being able to see, of being deaf, and now he's able to hear. That's what this healing is like for this man. So what about you? If you consider your own life, how are you not the same as you once were before Christ? If Jesus has truly done a work in your heart, you have a calling to proclaim and a commission to go. You may not have to go very far. The demoniac only had to go to his friends and his neighbors, this region of towns and cities that was pretty pretty close by. Or you may have a call that takes you across the world. Either way, if Christ has made a difference in you, you must now be willing to go and make a difference for him. So go. Guys, I love you and I love walking this journey with you. And if I can pray for you in any way or be an encouragement, I would urge you to reach out to me. My email is info at DerekCharlesJohnson.com. That's D-E-R-E-K Charles Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. Or you can access me through my website, which is also DerekCharlesJohnson.com. And again, if these podcasts are at all an encouragement to you, would you be so kind as to leave a review and just share these uh, with your friends, perhaps on social media or through email or wherever, and just to get the word out and let other people know, hey, this is something that will bless you. And wherever you are listening, I am always grateful for your support and your feedback. And as always, I can't wait to dive in again next time as we look at another encounter. 
I will leave you with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.